Hi guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Heidi. And welcome to uh, Betty Squared, what, season four? No, well, we're not season four. Riverdale season four. Yeah, it's season four, right? Yeah. Right, we can, by default, say that we're season four. <laughs> well, welcome. Um, you might have heard a little change to our opening. Um, for those of you that have been following us on social media and listening to the podcast religiously, you would know that um, before we signed off for season three, we put out a, a shout out. Uh, asking for either budding musicians or established musicians who were interested in creating a theme tune for us. And uh, that was answered by Kate Cassaro and her boyfriend, uh, Amar Bayamonte. Uh, the two of them were great. I basically said, look, this is what we're after, but you guys have full creative liberty. Go nuts. And um, they sent me back a couple of different samples and this was the one that we liked the best and we hope you do too. Hooray. Look at us being all professional. Yeah, we're a real podcast now, mom. (laughs) Uh, But today we are picking up exactly where we left off with the uh, premiere of season four of Riverdale, chapter 58 in memoriam, which I have to admit, Heidi, like... (laughs) memoriam that word is like the worst I want to always say more Mariam I say like I want to say words that it's not you're so Australian (laughs) I am right I'm so Australian I can't help myself I also feel like I get a little dyslexic with some words and I just want to put extra letters that aren't there I think you and I have had this conversation before yeah, there's certain yeah, there's certain words that get you. Yeah, memoriam is um is interesting. And uh I knew did you know that this was the first episode, like that this was going to be the first episode before watching it? Because I had kind of heard. No, so I went into this completely blind and um I didn't watch any trailers, uh I didn't read any like spoilers, nothing. And I kinda guessed with the title of the episode, that it was going to be, you know, in Luke Perry's honor and memory and kind of, you know, approach what do we do now that Archie's dad is not in the picture. So I kind of had an inkling of what it was, but holy shit, I was not emotionally prepared for it. Yeah. And I knew that that's what it was going to be. And I still was not emotionally prepared for it. I guess at the end, we can kind of talk about how we feel, maybe how this fits into the season and things like that. But do you want to just jump in with the notes? I really had like barely any notes the first time I watched this episode, because I have a note on here that was like, um, let me pull it up. Um, Yes, writing notes for this was very chill and easy. I could definitely see this episode so clearly through my tears. (laughs) right and that's basically what happened to me too um I immediately was so emotional at the very start of this episode you know the minute that Archie gets his phone call the just the acting and the emotion that we saw in this episode was so raw but by the end of the episode I was bawling my eyes out and I called my husband who was at work and I was like oh my god and he was like you just watched Riverdale didn't you and I was like yeah he goes I watched it last night when it aired while you were at work and I was like oh Jess is gonna have a really hard time with this one 
And I was like, well, thank you for giving me that heads up. Yeah, that was really nice of him to help you out like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it. Um, I could only bring myself to watch it once. I tried two other times to go back and watch it again. And like the opening credits started and I was like, nope, can't do it. So I have also very little notes about it. Um, but there were still certainly some things that we can pull from this episode and discuss for the sake of our podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the first time I watched it, I did not take a lot of notes. I was able to watch it a second time and was actually fine for the second time. I only teared up during one spot, um, which I can mention later on because it's kind of towards the middle of this episode. But the second time I watched it, I was kind of watching it being like, I'm going to track the scenes of this episode and look more closely. And I think doing that uh, helped kind of separate myself from it emotionally a little bit. I'm good at that, turning it off. (laughs) Right. See, I'm a hot mess. I'm like an actual hot mess when I watch this episode. And I think that's why I'm very empathetic anyway. So watching somebody go through something like what these characters went through this episode and knowing that, you know, Luke's family in real life went through something similar, it was just too close to home for me. Like it just broke me. In regards, like from an analytical point of view, um, I've had a look on IMDb and this episode was actually given a 9.5 uh, from viewers, which from a very quick run through of things looks like the highest rated episode of all time. That doesn't surprise me. This, yeah, this episode was really well done. It was brilliant. And I think, you know, if if there is an afterlife and Luke got to watch them honor his memory, I think he would be very happy because truly they yeah. they just they did him justice and yeah. um, it was really unfortunate that this all happened but um, what did you think of this being an introductory episode to season four because I feel like this episode kind of sits on its own it does and I think that could be for for better or for worse because the first time I watched it it made sense that this was the first episode um not to like not to be crass and I don't mean it in a negative way but it is it's like a okay let's tackle this subject and let's get it out of the way so we can move forward with the season and have the season be cohesive um and I remember in Glee after Cory Monteith's passing they didn't do his memorial until the fourth episode into that season after it occurred and that felt really strange to me um, I'm sure they filmed it first. It was the fourth episode and that was weird. Uh, so on that hand, I do like like it as much as I can like, you know, this episode and how it came about, um, which is so horrible. But there's also the part of me that when I watched it a second time, felt like, oh, but I still have all these questions. Kevin looks like he's, other than being really emotional, and I thought Casey did, you could see it was all Casey's, emotion during the like backyard scene and things like that and I thought that was lovely and he was the only one who to me was like acting like I would probably act in that situation but we can go into that a little more later but um yeah I I don't know 
I think I think it was at the end of the day the smart thing to do. But I had so many questions the second time I watched it about like, well, where is Alice? We see her for a second, but then she's gone, and I'm like, where the frick is Alice? And what happened to Charles? And all these things that don't matter in for this episode, but matter for the story. So I'm sure we'll just get those answers or hints to those answers next time. Yeah, see, that's what kind of threw me, and I think. I didn't do any rewatches of season three before this started. So I was just going off of what I remembered. And obviously, you know, we had that dramatic last episode of season three where they find Kevin at the farm and he's like, I had to stay behind because everyone else ascended. But then seeing Alice, even for this split second in this episode, threw me. Yeah completely through it, it like jarred me almost yeah I get why they did it because they want to get everyone's like reactions to his death now and they don't want to have to deal with it later <laughs> kind of you know um at least that's what it seems like to me by throwing that in but it is weird because and I that's why I wanted to watch it a second time as well um because when we see her we see her in some sort of room and there's a poster of the farm on the background. So I don't know what what we're to believe now. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure they're going to address that later on. It was just a bit jarring because I was like, oh, hang on. I thought of this ascension as being maybe something a little bit more supernatural or a little bit more, you know, spiritual where they literally are going somewhere that other people can't follow. The fact that, oh, they've just ascended to another place. Yeah, I mean, I, I, because Supernatural, I mean, because Supernatural, geez, um, you made me do this. <laughs> so to give you guys context for those of you who are listening, when before Heidi and I started recording, we were going over some like housekeeping and I was like, okay, cool. I've just looked up Supernatural on IMDb. And then I was like, wait, wrong show, wrong show, Riverdale. Because whilst Riverdale ha- was on hiatus, I did a massive uh, Supernatural rewatch. So, um, yeah, I just got completely thrown. And I said to Heidi, I feel like we haven't recorded this podcast in a year because it's just so much time has passed and so much has happened in our own lives. And it just makes us feel like there's been this huge absence. So, yeah, I got thrown for just a hot second. And now I am too. So sorry about that. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying. You were, we were talking about Alice and weird like ascension, but they weren't actually ascending. They kind of just moved to another place. And I was saying that it was, I expected the ascension to be something more of a supernatural nature. For my understanding of Riverdale, they're not doing any supernatural sort of things. So even though we had talked about like what this ascension was, mass suicide, is it something otherworldly, like raptured out of there or whatever. Um, I never thought that it was going to be anything supernatural or hokey like that, but they wanted us to believe that the show and the farm would want people to believe that too, that they have some sort of powers that regular people do not or something like that. So it doesn't surprise me that she's just in a place, but it's like, oh, that's how you're going to tell us that she's just in another farm compound. Okay. All right. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. And like I said, that's what I found as well. I just found it really, um, really just jarring and out of place. I 
I get why they did it, but I think I would have rather them just leave it until the next episode to explain, oh, Alice is in this place, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. They could have done just a much tighter shot on her and then not even worried about the background. I think I would have rathered her just left out altogether because, again, in my mind, I really had this, like, actual ascension where they rise up and they go to some sort of version of heaven that the farm believes in, or or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. One thing I do want to talk about that, like, I had completely forgotten about and totally threw me for a loop. Do you know what I'm going to say? No, I have no idea. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to be like, oh my God, I just totally know what you're going to say. Um, Jason and his body. Oh, yeah. Jason. Oh my God. Okay. So that had completely slipped my mind that, you know, the farm had exhumed him and done whatever to his body, whatever they were planning on doing to him. And I forgot that Cheryl like kind of kept him. Yeah. It's super gross. And it's so funny. Like when she walks out for that scene and she's walking with her tea or whatever, and she's in this like epic white dressing gown, she looks so lovely. And then my next note is Jason. Ah! And then it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you've, it was on my favorite murder and I remember having heard about it from the internet and I don't, I should have looked up the names. I'm the worst, Um, but I don't know the names of the woman or the guy, but there is this guy who was basically stalking this woman who was very sick and she was like a beautiful young woman. And then she died and he helped the family like build a, uh, mausoleum for her and things like that and then he stole her dead body from the mausoleum and he put like a fake like mask face on her and he would like stuff her body with things to make her not smell bad and dance with her and it's really gross and creepy um and that's what this definitely reminds me of especially how jason's face looks Uh, there's something about it well it's funny you say that because um as you know and as some of our listeners know i live in florida and um, this incident, you're talking about uh, Dr. Carl Tanzler. He, wow. um, well, he went by Count Carl von Kossel, like I think by just his own, his own, you know, declamation, but, um, or declaration, beg your pardon. But this actually happened like towards Miami, like past there in Key West. And I'm obsessed with Key West because there's other spooky things that happen there. But I learned about this, this doctor and what he did to this poor woman and her body after she passed. And so when they covered it on my favorite murder, I think like two or three weeks ago, I was like, Oh my God, that's from the state I live in. And then I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Cause all the weird stuff happens in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not shocked at all that it's Florida. It's so funny because being a foreigner that immigrated, you know, to the U.S. and, you know, lived in New York for a number of years, you know, I, I never heard about Florida Man. And then I moved here and everyone's like, why did you move to Florida? Like, no one moves to Florida. And I'm like, I came here for work. I'm excited to be here. And then I was like, oh, some crazy stuff happens here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, some crazy stuff happens in New York too, but, um, there's some, there's some weird people here. That whole Jason body preserved thing 
definitely is very, very reminiscent of this um, event that happened, yeah, uh, in real life back in like the 1800s, I think it was. Yeah, so gross. I mean, we know that Cheryl's a little kooky. Yeah, but- this is more like a mental break because, like, re- I listened. I went back and I listened uh, to our episode, our last episode of last season, um, just to like remember what our thoughts were and kind of see that, um, and just remember how we do this podcast since it's been so long. Um, <laughs> so I went back and uh, when I listened to that, I remember us talking about uh, Cheryl and when she first finds out that they exhumed Jason's body, she really freaks out. And then the next thing we see with her in the body is that she has it. So I think in between there, there was a mental break and we're going to have to see, we're going to see that breakdown somehow in some way. And if Tony doesn't find that dead body, I I just, I I don't know. She's going to find, I just can totally see how this is going to play out. And it makes me nervous for Cheryl. And I feel very bad for Cheryl because I think she's just sick right now. Yeah, and like I said, that um, Cheryl has always been kooky, but I think truly seeing your brother in that capacity, yeah, that's enough to break anybody. That's enough to break somebody who has never had any emotional damage or baggage or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I think somebody's going to find out about Cheryl having Jason's body sooner rather than later. I think that's going to be like a a thing that happens in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, I hope so. I don't really want to stick around Jason's dead body for the whole season. So I would love that. That would be great. It just, it really makes me not feel good, but to each their own, I guess. And I also don't know if that, if because we know that as an audience, know that about her, that she's struggling with that. I don't know if that makes me more empathetic to her in the next scene where she kind of um, addresses the, you know, the core four and she's like, why are you doing a 4th of July thing? And she's kind of uh, yelling at them about that. And they, they, to me, seemed really cold to her. I, I don't, I didn't really understand why they couldn't be more empathetic to her, even if they were still like, you know, we're still going to do this. They were very how did you feel about that moment? Cause they really brushed her off and I felt like that was really cruel. Yeah. You're talking about like when she was like, well, that, that can't happen because that's usually, that was like, you know, the anniversary of my brother's passing. Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. And they're like, well, you don't have to go. Like Jughead says something like, well, you don't have to go or something like that. And he's just really rude. And it's like, you could easily say the same thing, be like, well, I think it's about time we moved on and I'm sorry you feel that way, Cheryl. And I know it's hard for you. So if we can do anything like da, 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 da. But instead they're just like, yeah, we're going to do it. Sucks to suck. Yeah. Um, I mean, isn't that so typical of youth though? Like I remember saying mean things when I was a teenager to other people that I look back now and I'm like, why would I ever say something so insensitive to somebody like that? But yeah, that you're spot on. It, she's basically voicing that she's uncomfortable and she doesn't feel good about this decision and she feels like it's, you know, an insensitive thing to do. And um, they're like, oh, well, too bad we're doing it. Yeah, it's kind of putting Archie's loss in front of Cheryl's loss when they're 
when they're both equal, they've both lost their family. Yeah, totally. And I hope that that makes, um, I hope that that makes Archie a little more understanding of Cheryl after this, but like, even I get what you mean. Of course, like as teenagers, we've all said shit that was not things we would ever say as an adult, but also the way that this show paints these kids to act like adults and to be, I just have a different expectation of how they're going to react. So then when they pull out the lazy card and make them just act like teenagers, I don't buy it. You know what I mean? Like you can't have it both ways. Yeah, I get it. And that, I guess, just falls back on the writing that, you know, these kids have never been presented as actual kids. They're the ones that kind of run the town. Um, But when they do have genuine kid moments, it doesn't read as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, Yeah, I just just need Jason to, to be laid to rest as soon as possible, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Do you know what? I actually, um, I met this girl when I worked for Universal in Singapore. Her and I worked together and then we stayed in touch when I moved to the US and she now lives in Canada and she posted a photo on her Facebook the other day because she's living in Vancouver. She actually was on the set of Riverdale doing, um, I believe, some background work. I need to hit her up and find out what episode she was in and see if Jason has been laid rest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are the one who hates spoilers, so I'd be surprised if you do it, but... I mean, to be completely honest, I am sure they had her sign a, an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, so there's probably no way she'll tell me. And hi, if you're listening, Bex. She's a big Riverdale fan too, so I was super jealous that she... Uh, she got to go be on set for the day. Super jealous. I'm like, okay, cool. Leaving Florida, moving to Vancouver, just so I can be on set with Riverdale. Yeah, I think that's an even trade. <laughs> I think so too, right? Give up my entire career to go and do one day of background work. Yeah, fine. You kind of mentioned something about um, the scene inside Pops. And I one of my notes is just as soon as I started crying, as soon as there was that shot of, KJ's back and when he had gotten up to take the phone call I was like oh no here it comes I know and again not having done any kind of research into this episode or watched any trailers I knew what was coming yeah and that moment where he gets up out of the booth and then he falls to the ground that was probably the most brilliant acting I have ever seen I think the thing is you and I have talked to great lengths about how insufferable we find Archie, you know, how whiny and self-righteous and spontaneous he is and how much it drives us nuts. But I think that sometimes overshadows how talented KJ is as an actor. And that's what I really loved about this episode. We actually got to see some raw talent from him and I loved it. I think the, all the stuff you said about, and all the stuff we say about Archie being, you know, too uh, friendly and too impulsive and too, like, all of that stuff that is annoying about Archie is also why KJ is good as well. Like, I've, you just, it's so funny because, like, when actors are doing stuff like that, uh, when actors are 
maybe in lighter roles or roles that aren't as like super dark and dramatic, it's not as often that people go like, oh, wow, yeah, really great actor. But it's when they then turn and get really dark or whatever, and you can see the contrast. Yeah, it was really nice. And um, it just, like, I'm going to keep saying it, but it just sucked. It was in such unfortunate circumstances. Yeah, but it was, like, a really great platform for him to shine. Um, Definitely. What do you think about about Fred's actual death when we find out what happened from FP and then we also find out from the guest star. Um, what do you think about his actual death? So I think it is very much like an honorable way that they could have, you know, had him exit the show. I think that it's totally believable because how many times did we say that Fred is just such a caring, generous man? You know, so it would make yeah. sense that um, he would start to help somebody like that, and then you know, obviously, be a victim of his of his own unintentional making. Um, what I did find unusual, and I know why they did it, uh, with the lovely Shannon Doherty appearing in this episode, which kind of threw me for a minute because I've been watching the. Um, the reboot of 90210 and then I was like hang on wait what like why is she in this and then I was like oh wait different show Jess different show like I said my brain has not been in the Riverdale universe so it took a hot second to come back um it was interesting you know that uh she was like I'd like to pray for him and I was like oh this seems a little odd you know we haven't really approached religion in the like Christianity kind of sense with this show before. And I think it was a smart decision on the part of the showrunners because everybody reacts to death differently. You know, some people turn to their faith, some people turn to their friends, some people, you know, angry or violent or whatever. And I thought it was important that they showed a different approach to grief sure I don't know if it's different I think that's pretty standard like can I pray for you or whatever it for me like in what I've seen in my experience of people dealing with grief and people also offering condolences for grief but um I know what you mean but um yeah about to start with like the prayer thing I was like taken aback by that um at the end of the day, I like it. I think that it's a nice moment, um, but I'm not religious. So I could definitely see that kind of turning other people off. But I've done a lot of work in the past couple of years about like being more um, about finding my own use for kind of religious idioms and religious language that fits in my own beliefs. Um, so it doesn't bother me as much of it as it might have a few years ago. Um, and that's also been help with Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. So I highly suggest that podcast for anyone uh, interested in religious kind of practices and beliefs, but isn't religious. Highly suggest. Um, so I thought that was strange. I also thought it was strange that they used like a, maybe it was super purposeful using like a really known prayer. Cause even I not being religious know that prayer. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. I don't know if I would have rather them use like a prayer that wasn't so 
known or so tied to a specific uh, religion. They have we have touched on some religious things in the past uh, with uh, Veronica's Catholicism, but not to quite the extent of this episode. So I thought that was weird. I really loved just talking about the death as like a whole. I love Shannon Doherty's um, appearance. Even I, I never watched 90210, but I know that she's tied to Luke Perry. So even just seeing her without having seen any of that show, I understood the the connection and I thought that was really great. I thought she did a really, really good job. Um, but I also think, did you ever watch Grey's Anatomy? Oh, I think I watched season one, maybe two, and then I was done. Okay. So um, this, the whole death sequence with the car and him helping and then him getting killed because he was helping is exactly what happened to McDreamy. Sorry to spoil for anybody, but it came out years ago, so it's not really a spoiler and I don't care. <laughs> but they, my note for the for when we found out about how he died, I was like, dang. Fred got McDreamied. Like, he totally got McDreamied. And it's kind of a bummer. At least not to the horrible extent that they really took McDreamy's death, which I really have so many qualms with. But um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I had seen it before. I've seen this sort of, like, death thing before. At least they didn't show it to us again. They couldn't know if he's not here but to do it. But um, it wasn't my favorite. But it works for what it is. I did like how we found out who kills him. I liked that more. I was, I was really, um, gosh, I was really uh, blown away by that because obviously Archie being Archie and, you know, FP should have known not to release the name. Yeah. That was, that you was know? so stupid. And I also, the whole episode was going, please not another revenge plot from Archie. Please not another revenge plot. Please, please. Yeah, it was, it was, I I knew it would tie up that episode. Like I knew it wouldn't be in a continuation, but I was like, oh God, like why FP, why would you even hint to who this person was? Because you know, Archie's grieving, you know, one of the stages of grief is like anger and regret and all of that. Of course he's going to go after him. And of course he's going to beat him to a bloody pulp because that's Archie and he's spontaneous. But I mean, just bad police work on FP's part. I was really disappointed by that. But um, I, I did know it was all going to come to heads, but I did not expect it to end like that. And it was really interesting Archie's take on it too, because, you know, here's this dad trying to protect his son for a stupid mistake that he made. And, you know, I still would have been like, if that had happened to my father, knock on wood, I would have been like, cool, you didn't do it. So now your son's going down. And I would have taken that even further. But I liked that they spun that. And Archie was like, you know, it's just this kid. It's just this kid whose dad tried to protect him. And that's what my dad tried to do with me. And I like the fact that he'd let it go because I think that speaks volumes to the kind of character that he is because I don't think I could let it go. Yeah, I mean, that kid's life is ruined regardless of if Archie blamed, like if Archie goes to the police and says that it's the kid, his life is yeah. ruined regardless of if he goes to jail or not. 
And yeah, I, I would do what Archie did, I would hope, um, because those two people are wrecked and ruined and doing anything to... I, I, it was a nice moment because it's finally Archie realizing revenge, justice, isn't like actually a thing and won't help him feel better about this. There's nothing that's going to bring his dad back. There's nothing that's going to heal these wounds externally like that. Totally. Totally. And that is a very noble, very mature, intelligent thing for someone who potentially is that age of, you know, 16 to come to. Yeah. And especially for Archie. (laughs) Oh, also, do you know, it just clicked now when you said it, why they had Shannon Doherty come in. You didn't realize that? I did not realize. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, of course, because they're brother and sister on 90210. Yeah. But the thing is I never actually um, – I never watched 90210. It came out when I was a kid, but, like, I wasn't allowed to watch it. So this reboot that I'm watching, I've kind of gone in blind because I don't know these characters. So I'm kind of learning on the fly. I, I didn't know that they were brother and sister. I just knew that they had a connection on 90210. I never watched that show, so I had no idea what their connection was. Um, but I just knew they had one. Um, but, yeah, that was that was all. Um, and they were very close as well. Like, it was kind of that love-hate relationship. But they were always, like, depending on each other and pulling each other out of trouble and things like that. Oh, that's sweet. Um, so the next thing I was that's kind of, like, a big note on here um is that scene after Archie finds out and then all of this they must have invited everybody to come over and they're all kind of sitting in the backyard drinking beer or root beer not really sure what they're drinking that I think it was root beer I had the same thing I was like oh my god are they drinking beer I was like I get it I get that they act like adults but they're still kids and then I I realized um I don't know who I might have been like the fact that I saw Betty drinking and I was like, no, Betty wouldn't drink. And then I was like, I think this is root beer, but maybe they should have gone with something like a Coke bottle with a straw in it or something like that. Like something a bit more yeah, yeah. age appropriate. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was funny. Um, but just like, just that scene in the backyard was really lovely. Like I said earlier, I really liked Casey Cott's, um, reaction to it I I think Kevin had the most his his I feel like the rest of the episode I don't know in which order they they shot this episode but for whatever reason this scene felt like really low um acting wise even though I really enjoyed it I felt like Kevin was the only one who was like expressing and maybe it's because it was the only scene where he really got to do that and there's scenes later on with the prayer and when they ID the body where like others get to kind of have emotional moments and things like that. But I just thought it was really weird that like, maybe it's cause they're all like in shock cause it just happened. I just thought that was a little strange, but regardless, I did like that scene. What did you think of that scene? Okay. So forgive me if I'm wrong. And like I said, you've, you've seen this episode a couple of times and I've only seen it once. I actually thought that happened about midway through the episode. So they've had time to process he's gone off and yelled at the guy and found out the the kid did it and then came back and that's when that scene happened no it's right after they find out that he's dead it's literally they have the scene where they find out that he's dead they meet with fp and fp talks about it and then like the next scene is they're all in the backyard 
Okay. All right. Well, that kind of shuts down what I was going to say, but I, for me personally, and I can only speak of like, you know, times that I've experienced death of a loved one is that, you know, you have that moment where you scream and you shout and you're, you know, hysterical. And then there's this kind of calmness. Um, but I now realizing that scene didn't come where I thought it did. Yeah. It does seem weird and out of place. The only reason I can give to justify why it was a low energy moment for them is probably because this was a moment of grieving for them too. I mean, you look at when um, Luke passed away, that was right in the middle of, of filming. So they would have shot this episode not long after Luke had passed. So I'm wondering if, you know, these conversations that they're having off screen about Luke and his memory kind of have affected their energy on screen because they're so emotionally drained from, you know, the vastness of this episode, the, the, you know, emotional distress of this episode. Yeah. I mean, that could be it. Like I said, I don't know in what order they shot these scenes. For me, this feels like an earlier scene, maybe one of the first they filmed, but it definitely could be last because of what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I think for me, it just didn't quite, as much as I like the scene, I like the them remembering moments with Fred and it's all very sweet and we get to, especially since it's early in the episode and this is the start of the season. It's a good reminder of who Fred was for the audience as well. Um, and to remember those, you know, those key parts of his character. Yeah. But then I think, I think maybe what's missing is a moment where Archie, which he kind of does later to a really low extent where he's like, when they're at the funeral home and he's, he's saying, are you sure it's my dad? Are you sure? it's him are you sure um and he has that denial moment but i think maybe a denial might have worked too where he was like it just doesn't feel even if he just said like it doesn't feel real i don't believe that like i can't believe that he's not here you know that kind of thing i think that maybe what was was what was missing because they really jumped straight into like a consoling grief moment where you're talking about happy memories that felt quick maybe i don't know it it seemed out of place i think i i think the episode would have been still as strong even if we didn't have that particular scene but i don't know it it's interesting that you really appreciated the fact that corey was crying it was it was too much for me i i get that people you know react differently but it it seemed forced Oh, I felt like it was, I don't, I felt like it was totally genuine. And I think maybe it felt forced because nobody else was having the same emotion, was on the same emotional track as he was in that moment. And that's why, yeah, that's why it doesn't work. I thought he, I thought those were real tears. And I was saying Casey, that's his brother. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Corey, um, I think that was a really genuine moment from Corey, but it doesn't work because no one else is going there too. But I just know that in moments where I've had to deal with grief of a sudden loss, even of a person who it wasn't, I remember the first person who was my age who ever like died in my life, who I knew of. 
and it was in high school and it was over the summer. And I remember when I found out I was a wreck, um, even though he wasn't like one of my friends, I wasn't super close with him, but I knew him, he was in my class and, um, it was the first person who was like my age who I had known who died. So I remember being really emotional at that moment. And so seeing Corey like that made me remember that and brought that back. So I don't know, but the the scene as a whole doesn't work because of its placement, because everyone's not on the same level. It, it's just weird. Yeah. But like I said, I still did like it. So it's like this episode's so strange. There's a lot of that. I just kept thinking, oh God, poor Archie. Like he's just sitting there and they're just talking, like they're all talking about Fred over and over and over and over. I'm like, he must be emotionally exhausted. Yeah. yeah. And it's, there's not like even an intro in that scene where it's like, well, maybe we should all sit around and we can talk about your dad. Or do you want to talk about your dad? Or like, do you want to do something else? We could go to a movie. We can do something distracting. Like, what do you need in this moment? But no one's really doing that for him. No one's really checking in with him and seeing what he needs. Yeah. It's yeah. But again, I'm not going to I'm not going to bash this episode because I really do think that they they accomplished what they set out to do and that is honor Luke's memory. No, totally. And I mean, the last thing I want to talk about is that final scene which got me harder than any other scene in this and and also just I'm not I don't feel I'm bashing this episode and I'm just being critical it's the point of our part our podcast and even though this is a special episode and it feels um and it is to honor Luke um I still just do want to be critical of certain things when I feel they maybe don't work or whatever and it is in no way um me wanting to take away any any more meaning that from this episode than there is. Like I said in the beginning, I thought this was a really well done episode, probably one of the best they've done, and that's true regardless of any other criticisms. But nothing's perfect. I'm racking my brains. I don't even remember how this ended because I was so hysterically crying that, like, I remember <laughs> there being the montage of of Luke and KJ, you know, sharing moments during different episodes of Riverdale. But that is literally all I can remember. Yeah, that's the end. So they start watching fireworks in the backyard. And then Archie goes into the garage and he's kind of touching stuff. And there's the soundproofing that, you know, he did. And there's the jalopy and stuff like that. And we're seeing pieces of, of Fred and past episodes and stuff like that. And, Kate, uh, uh, Archie finally has his breakdown and starts like really crying over the jalopy and it, the camera pans out and the shot widens. And then you see this like chest or something and it has some baseball stuff in it and it has a picture of Fred and Archie and the focus kind of darkens on the rest and you can only see the photo and the like chest thing of Fred and Archie. And then it goes to the in memoriam. Yeah, I mean, that point, there's good reason I don't remember. I literally was like ugly crying at that point. Yeah, I was too. You know, so hard. The second, the second they started, oh God, and I feel like I'm going to cry now. <laughs> the second that they started, you know, cutting away to Luke in other episodes, I was like, oh God, this is way too real. This is way, way, way too real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, all in all, 
I really do think it was a fantastic episode. I really think that they, they honored Luke perfectly. Um, and I guess it, it could have been very therapeutic for the cast to say goodbye to Luke in, in such a way. And I'm sure, you know, giving him a, a hero's send off would have been of great comfort to his, uh, his family as well. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it's fair if we rate this episode. I know normally we do that. No, I don't think we should. No, we'll just we'll just leave it uh, as the nine point five that IMDb uh, readers gave it. Yeah. We'll just we'll just honor that. Um, should we talk about what Penny would do in this episode? Um. Mm. I know it kind of feels off color to do it, isn't it? Yeah, I think we should just leave it as is. And I think the thing is, we we said it, you know, right at the beginning of the episode that, oh, the beginning of our episode that this this premiere of season four was really a standalone thing. It was not something that can be compared to or really analyzed in the true style that we we analyze things. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, now I feel a little sad. We, let's talk about something happy before uh, before we sign off. I mean, it doesn't have to be sad. Like we said, like the this was a really beautiful memoriam to Luke and to Fred Andrews, and uh, it's just like that parade. It wasn't the parade wasn't sad. It was really beautiful, and um, you know the time that we've had with him on Riverdale has been really beautiful. So we can just kind of focus on that instead of the sad stuff. Agreed. And um, I think Archie was very lucky to have a, a dad like Fred. Yeah, now you're gonna make me cry. I know I'm getting all choked up. All right, let's just let's just end this before it uh, ends up being way too emotional for for a podcast. Yes. All right, everyone, we will catch you soon for another episode of Betty Squared. Bye. Bye.